Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by chefs Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk about issues relating to the food and hospitality industries with insights from guests including chefs, business owners, producers, policymakers, and experts. This week we're joined by Jimmy Butcher. He's the head chef at The Throsby in Wollongong and he's come on to talk about tradition and progression. I also give a bit of a wrap-up of my recent travels in France and Greece. There's a lot we get into in this podcast. We hope you enjoy this one. Let's get into it. Sweet, here we are, episode number 12 of the Gong Show podcast, Steph Postuma with you, and of course joining me is Simon Evans, Hello. one of the owners and chef on the meat section at Caveau. Slash section. Slash section. Sometimes. Andy Burns. Hey. Chef owner, baby face and two smoking barrels. Chef owner. Chef owner. Chef owner. Raw and desserts. And Jimmy Butcher. Welcome, Jimmy. Hello. Uh, Throsby chef extraordinaire. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. We're going to start off by doing an acknowledgement of country. We'd like to acknowledge the Darawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land of the Illawarra and acknowledge elders past, present and future. Where were we going to start? Do you guys want to just start with the thing or do you, do you want me to tell you a bit about my trip and then we can segue that into yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bounce on your Tell trip. us a bit about your trip. Let's bounce on your trip. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I went to France and Greece recently. Three weeks. Well-deserved holiday, I'd like to think. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess we, I like. I was just going to talk a little bit about the food, like and stuff, because I just ate a shitload of really good food in France. Yeah. Um, yeah particularly. It looked like it. Yeah. So I went to Septime, which is like the. Um, it's like it's a relatively casual restaurant, but it's sort of in the world's best fifty. Um, I don't know. Someone else can probably give a better synopsis of Septime than me. I'll just tell you about the food. Okay. Simon and Jimmy, what do yeah, you know about it? It's from what I know. It's kind of spawned out of that astronomy movement as much as I think a few people dislike that word and it takes the conviviality of a good French bistro mixed with the gastronomic techniques of like old school French three star cuisine mm. yeah. so you've got the skill in the food but the relaxed dining atmosphere from, mm. I believe that's what it is anyway they do shit hot pasta apparently yeah they didn't um, have we didn't have a pasta yeah, right. on the, on the, we, on we the a, lunch menu the guy trialled here who worked there for two years and that was what he kind of summed up as, is that, like, Passard or someone came in once and said, like, it was the best pasta in Paris. 
Right. And that's why all the all the chefs love it, and therefore so that's why they're in the best. So, so, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So all, all the kind of people in the know love it. So vote for it when it comes to top fifty. Yeah. So I'm sure it's a, a amazing restaurant, but um, yeah, it's, it's it was. It was pretty awesome. Vote for restaurants. Uh, yeah, just like it was just very simple. Mm. Mm. Nothing was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've had better meals, um, but yeah, it, I think one thing that was definitely noticeable is the quality of the service and the just the atmosphere that's created in there. Mm. Like it's it's a pretty small space. It's about the same size as Cavo. Maybe if you chucked it upstairs onto downstairs, it'll be about the same size. It's not big at all. Mm. It's quite sort of like busy in a little neighborhood in the eleventh district. Um, and there's just there's a lot of staff on tiny tiny kitchen by the looks of it maybe they had some stuff out the back that I didn't see but like a tiny kitchen by the look of it. I don't know how they managed to get all that food out of there um, which seems to be the case for almost every restaurant right. um, <laughs> including the Throsby <laughs> <laughs> we do what we can yeah but uh, I have a lot of staff so that's, that's always helpful yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah no the service and the atmosphere was amazing and, and the food was really good as well I think the, the highlight for the food for me was the the dessert so the the lunch and it's super affordable it was only like 60 euros for for four course lunch i think that's their point as well like they're trying to yeah. get across the whole um you know it's not you're not paying like two three hundred mm. euro for lunch like you're getting like would you have like prefix or something or did you go a la carte uh it's it, it's all the same for the lunch menu so it was two like a, a just a, a snack just a surprise snack they call it a surprise snack I think two surprise entrees and a choice of mains and a, and the dessert of the day. Yeah. So it's like four courses plus a snack sort of thing. Um, yeah, but all of it was pretty awesome. Um, one dish was quite interesting. It was like a cold uh, a cold mushroom broth with peeled like tiny baby um, summer tomatoes and and black truffle, which was like interesting, strong and interesting and weird to have all those. Uh, flavor flavors together cold like it was a cold mm. dish um and yeah i think the highlight was the dessert for me anyway which was um just like this really high quality stone fruit in a tomato water and uh with like some herb ice cream it's just this perfectly done yeah. herb yeah. ice cream nice. um yeah. that example of somewhere Fresh. where the beautiful you, you yeah. take good ingredients and you, you put them on a plate yeah that's it and I think yeah one of their things obviously is like they a lot of it is sustainability and um, and a close relationship with their suppliers and stuff which is Mm. I think as well like in that part of the world like the produce is second to none like it it really is like literally from a farm you I mean you haven't been just been there there's like fucking no supermarkets yeah everyone goes to the markets everyone buys fresh shit and like everyone's divided into like you know this is your cheese guy like you go to a cheese shop to buy cheese you go to a bread shop to buy bread you go to a veggie mark to buy veg butcher and then it's like even breaking down and broken down into like you know have a yeah. chevalier if you want to buy horse meat if that's oh, again yeah. mm. even, even if you're afraid if you, <laughs> or if you like horse you know some people yeah. are even if you go to the supermarkets the french supermarkets are insane like you, yeah. like you can get like yeah horse meat you can get like ox tongue like some stuff that we'd struggle to get from a butcher you can just get in the supermarket just package it up. That's it. Um, and yeah, all, all the produce is just always looking like pretty yeah, stunning. The, the markets. I went to Beeritz as well, and the and the markets in Beeritz were just out of control. Like yeah. when you look at the you look at the produce at the markets in Beeritz compared to 
basically any market other than some farmers might like proper farmers markets that I've been to in Australia and it's like out of control like you just look at it and you're just like oh my god yeah so massive like your farmers market here is only like a pretty small little affair mm. there's a couple of veg guys but you go to Europe that's, that's fucking a, vast that's a standard thing especially like mainland Europe oh, even to some degree in the UK surely like I mean yeah yeah Tesco don't Tesco Tesco's, Tesco's fucking good though yeah. Bag of samphire, one pound. Costs about six bucks for a little puppy. One pound Australian. Yeah. It should be important. So it's like $2. $8? Yeah. So isn't that one pound like $8? Yeah. No, no. You guys no. are ruling the world. Man. No, we're fucking pounds down. Oh, good. Pound, pound shit. For that. Pounds yeah. down. Pounds, pounds down. down. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, there's... Pound watch. Like over there as well. Pounds the, down. You get Tom Petrovsky. Even, even with the update. fucking... Uh, the supermarkets there's a law in France by where like supermarkets are not allowed to waste food so yeah, yeah. I think this started a few years ago so like any food waste goes to you know like I don't know, people like, in need people or, in need yeah. and whatever like and most people really don't day to day shop at supermarkets kind of like just go to markets no I mean from my memory no one really fucking eats at home in Paris anyway mm. <laughs> I mean, unless you get a set team every day. It's great. Yeah. Six, five bucks. Yeah. Mm. Um, what else are the highlights of French? I went to a, I went to a place called uh, Le Dauphin, which is... Le Dauphin? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, it's amazing. It's crazy It's like a place. little, like, little uh, tapas, in, inverted commas, yeah. place, uh, slash natural wine. Um, and it was fucking awesome. They've got a... Uh, Sister restaurant next door is called Le Chateaubriand, um, yeah. which is like the more sort of fine dining one. So that's, of course, that's, that's what it's called. Uh, yeah, um, I can't remember yeah. the name of the chef. Um, In- Inaki Azipata. Yeah, there you go. He's, Inaki something. He's really fucking strange, but like, again, really clever. He not a qualified chef. He was a horticulturalist yeah. or something. Mm. Just like, I don't know, it's cool to see someone who's never cooked professionally and they were just like, oh, fuck it, I'll do this. And sees it from like not... I don't know, like, you, when someone sees something from fresh eyes, they have mm. another take on it, and, like, he does that. Some of his food looks just sort of... I mean, if you can find it, there's some cool shit on YouTube, like, videos of him cooking. I think he, it, he was in Mind of a Chef as well when Ludo Lefebvre did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's in one of them. But, yeah, it's just very... I don't know, these, but this has been going on in Paris for 10 years now, mm. and I feel like it's only caught on in Australia in the past... Yeah, so it Five seems like Paris has, has that sort of dichotomy of, like, Ducasse and Lestrance and, like, yeah. those sorts of crazy, like, places in the lobbies of hotels that, yeah. you, like, you start with caviar every meal and everything's, like, fucking yeah. 300 euros for food. <laughs> like, the, I was looking at the price, like, I looked at the price of Lestrance and, and, and I was just like, oh, my God, no way. <laughs> like, that's yeah, just right. way too expensive. Yeah. I cannot afford to go there. Um, but then you've got, yeah, these small places like Le Dauphin there's, like, Saturn and Clown Bar and, and um, all sorts of different different little small bars, wine bars, restaurants. There's a place called Frenchy and Frenchy Wine Bar, which is supposed to be fucking awesome in Paris as well. A, that I went past, he's had English. a drink at. Oh no, he's French, but he worked for Jamie Oliver for years. Yeah, and right. That was his nickname, like that's how he got the his fucking good, restaurant. Good huge, training there. Huge. Yeah. Nice. So they're, they're, yeah, there's just all these sort of there, small like. suburban mm. suburban places that are just killing it, and there's just this yeah. culture of like younger chefs doing really cool things in these tiny restaurants that, a lot of them are also sort of alumni of Ducasse or yeah. Arpege um, and places like that yeah probably the kickback from these these like big three star places which are you know, 500 euros to have have their ridiculous tasting menu at so obviously a kickback against that where, where these places aren't innovating because 
people go there and they want to have those dishes they've seen on telly or in yeah. magazines so they've got to have these dishes on so, so the food stays exactly the same so these sort of younger guys who want to do something different and different kind of mm. uh, not, not in that atmosphere don't want the burden of sort of having two three stars they like, accepting as one star mm. which is quite cool you can get a star from doing pretty pretty stripped back I think um, as well it was that whole food. like kind of fuck you to fine dining but like mm. that with the advent of Le, do you guys read Le Fooding? No. no so that's like their um, counter to Michelin essentially which is like it's a bit bougie now but back in the day it was very like they have their own awards rah, 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 but they just cover the food for what it is there's no um, I don't know really how to describe it because we don't have an equivalent here it's I guess it's closer to broadsheet in a way I guess yeah it's, it's like France's broadsheet but they publish and you know describe the menus and they just give you a simple breakdown um, and it's only sort of like more of a recommendation it's not saying initially it wasn't saying like oh this person's the best have you know three yeah, yeah. or whatever it's like here's here's this place this is really fucking cool and I mean like for me currently where I am a lot of these guys this is kind of what I'm looking at not to cook French food specifically but the style because we have a small bar you can't do a lot and so it's sort of working with what you've got and like you've said mm. set team like it's a fucking tiny kitchen yeah and the same as uh, that's the other the other really really great meal I had was at Le Vervelet it's called mm. and Again, awesome, awesome, natural-focused wines. Like, amazing. And I was luckily there with a friend of mine who... Um, his name's Mon. I'm going to try to get him to uh, Wollongong to do something, but he, he runs Greek wine events. He's a Greek wine guy, and he was doing Greek pop-ups in Melbourne. Like, he used to work at Cumulus and a bunch of different places in Melbourne, but now he just does his own little, like, Greek wine events. And he was over in Europe meeting winemakers and suppliers in Greece. And, uh, yeah, I caught up with him in Paris, and he was, like, just choosing these amazing wines at this place, Le Vervelet. But the kitchen at Le Vervelet was, like, just the size of the Throsby, hey? Like, it's tiny, yeah. so tiny. There was, like, four four people in there. Yeah, I can barely fit in my the food, Yeah, that. like, the food was Greasy so up. good. It was really simple, like, this little... <laughs> so that was just greasing yeah. out for anyone that missed that. <laughs> yeah, and I spent some time in Greece as well. Um and the food there was fucking rad as well because all it was like the best dish I had was like this charcoal grilled cuttlefish with a Greek salad and some bread yeah. and it was yeah. one of the most delicious things I've ever had in my life you always find that <laughs> people go away on holiday they might eat at like a couple of like really good restaurants but then the best dish they had will be something like that will be like oh, let me have this piece of fish <laughs> by the beach <laughs> See, the beauty of it as well was like we were sitting at the um, at this little restaurant well, the chef, I don't even know if he was a chef, but he like he couldn't speak any English. So he just took me and the person I was eating with into the kitchen and started showing us the different meats he had out of the fridge. Like he was just pulling out containers. He was like, calamari. And I was like, I know what calamari is. Like <laughs> this, like, and it was like some sort of pork belly, like it looked like bacon, such smoked pork belly. Something. He's like, yeah, the cuttlefish. And I was like, oh, cuttlefish. I was like, okay, that. And he's like, this one? Yeah, sure. Okay. And then he just started cooking. So <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those awesome sort of like just quintessentially Greek places where like for some reason like the whole community was just sitting around on the street all day, every day, drinking ouzo, like and just talking loudly and playing backgammon. So yeah, awesome trip. I, I actually, the main point of the reason why I went over there was um, to go to a wedding, which I did in 
uh, Perigord, the region. Um, I love the it, sort hey, of, right at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah I went to yeah. So congrats, yeah. to, yeah. to, well, yeah. congrats to Ben and Bella. Um, yeah. It was a beautiful wedding. Uh, actually, shout out to Ray from Yan in um, Sydney, who got a hat this year. Yeah. Uh, he, I just, yeah, in Walleye Creek. I, uh, yeah, just happened to meet. He was there at the wedding. He's friends with the bride and groom, and he organised a wine for him. Mm. So he's oh, doing cool. his like some familiar thing at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and then yeah. we sat by him on the plane on the way back from Melbourne. Yeah, randomly, so, small world. Yeah, we should get up there and have a feed. Yeah, it looks fucking anyway. sick. Yeah, small, shout out to Ray. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Walleye Creek's an easy train ride. Right? Yeah. yeah, get on the piss and then come home. Yeah, cool. Mm. All right, let's um. Yeah, more like Creek. Walleye Creek. There's a fucking good Asian supermarket just near the train over there. Yeah, strong. Yeah. Get on the train, get a mascot. You get pissed, you end up at the airport. There's Hong Ha down at mascot there. Oh, I had Hong Ha for breakfast last week at 9.30 in the morning. It's the best fucking thing I've eaten. Yeah. Literally ever. 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 We can segue this. Let's segue Hong Ha into a... Our discussion. So, what we actually wanted to talk about today was tradition versus progression, I guess, and that, that sort of like fine line between those two things, and where, like, and the place, the place of each one of these different things. So, we're talking about Hong Ha, which is a banh mi shop, essentially. Was it's pretty much the OG banh mi shop in I, Sydney. I think it isn't is. It? Hey, yeah, we got a couple too. There's one in Mascot and one in I don't know some other fucking suburb. Yeah, Sydney. So. Yeah, like I guess to kick it off with tradition, I mean, banh mi is something that's like obviously very traditionally Vietnamese. And it needs to stay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's just one of those things that, yeah, like oh, oh, oh. They, they, it's like the combination is so perfect that. Yeah. But that, that dish is, is interesting anyway because it, it came about from creativity and progression because it was like, yeah. it was French, because of the it French, French occupation in Vietnam. The fucking and the Vietnamese were trying to feed the French people. So, yeah. like, oh, we'll make, make a like French baguette because of the humidity yeah. they can only make that really fluffy one and then it you know had it's got fucking pate on it and, but then like and mayonnaise as well yeah then like, like Chinese pork so it's such a it's a weird dish of like now it's quite traditional but at the time it would have been like pretty pretty new and out there yeah, like what is this new sandwich the so first I remember the first time I went to Vietnam and I was like what the fuck yeah. is this like, oh, like, like I'd never heard of it in Australia before they're like smearing laughing cow cheese and putting like yeah, 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 soy yeah. sauce and pork on a baguette. I'm yeah. like, what are you... Like, yeah, yeah. It's strange. Oh, we had some heavy ones in Fuquok. Like, my mate got married over there. And we ate... Oh, we just ate a lot of side-of-the-road barn meat. I got very ill, of course. Of course. But like, the chilies, man. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, they rip you up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah they rip things up. <laughs> yeah. Internally. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, they were hardcore. So... So this was uh, something Jimmy wanted to speak about. Um, so possibly we'll let him uh, introduce his, his little train of thought and we'll go from there. Well, yeah. I think like in terms of like my, I, I know everyone had a pretty like classic uh, apprenticeship. Like you, you, well, I don't know about Simon actually, but like it'd be all based in like classical French technique and blah, blah, blah. Now like that was mine entirely and definitely tape is like that. And that's really great. Like, those techniques are important. Most of them, except for turning carrots and potatoes, <laughs> they're not important. Fluting mushrooms isn't important. Um, Die. Yeah, please <laughs> fuck off, hey. But I guess there's a lot of things that have... There's a huge amount of that's changed even in the past, you know... Like, I remember when I first moved here from 
from Canberra, uh, I'd been essentially in the same restaurant for fuck, nearly five five years, and it like was steeped in very traditional Italian food. Like the techniques for the most part were all based in classical French cooking, and the two intertwined to make that. We tried to be as progressive as possible, but I think we really hammered down by Italian tradition, which, I mean, that's the choice of the owner. Um, and so when I first met Andy, I mean, like, for me, going to Dagwood back then was like, I, like, I honestly got it never even heard of a soft shell crab. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Like, as a qualified chef as well, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is really fucking weird. Like, so... Andy's picked up those techniques along the way. Now, that's not something that I was ever really privy to because most of my cooking has always been European. I guess in the same sense, like my grandfather's a chef as well. And so when I try and explain things to him uh, like that I have on a menu now or even back then at Dagwood or like say, you know, even Babyface when like he first opened and I was doing a few shifts there, he just didn't get it and like I totally get that he's old school like I feel that that's that's a beautiful thing but in his mind you know that's where food should stop I mean he grew up in that golden age of like you know the 60s 70s and 80s everything's like you know grand birth and shit yeah. like I think you can sort of split people into almost two camps if some people like traditional food obviously traditional food done well um, and then other people outside of the spectrum really love stuff that's out there stuff to challenge them and stuff that's mm. different um, I think yeah more like it, it's split into two parts for me like so I said to the guys before the podcast there's a dish on the Throsby at the moment and it's a risotto using buckwheat but the I guess internal ingredients are the same as a carbonara so it's guanciale parmigiano reggiano and an egg yolk that inherently are the exact same flavours as like a traditional caponata, but there's no pasta. Now, like, is that dish, and this, I'm still racking my brain on this, is that a caponata or is it not because of the buckwheat? Because if, you know, like for Italians, like the whole point of the pasta is the actual pasta. Mm-hmm. So where do you draw that line? Like, when does something stop being what it is, I guess, once you've taken it away from that? Like, you know, how many steps does it take till you can call something you know something else about it, it depends on sense. like I think it, like when you're there's a difference between what it actually is and what you're going to put on the menu mm. and we, we have a lot of time when, when stuff's like a little like a riff on or a play on yeah. and it's like do you just go and say like exactly what you're riffing or do you sort of describe it and let people make up their own mind I think like with something like that if you put car- like carbonara on the menu people automatically know what the source is rather than you having to put you know, three ingredients. Yeah. So for something like that, I think like just just for the ease of someone reading it on the menu, I think things like that are helpful. Um, the things like like I said earlier, the word confit yeah. has been so like confit is cooking in its own fat. So if it's pork, it should be in pork fat. If it's duck, it should be in duck fat. But now if you cook anything in duck fat, it's confit. If you cook a tomato in olive oil, that's, that's confit. Anything in fat, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's confit tomato. And like so, but people sort of know what confit means now. So they understand that it's slow cooking in some type of fat. So whereas technically it's not actually what it is, the customer knows it as that. And for ease of, of trying to sort of translate your menu, I think that's that's a good thing to be doing. Yeah. I guess like, you know, that's sort of the train of thought 
I always try to roll on is like if I'm of course like I'll take dishes from like my experience and I'll try to maybe evolve them or take like some essence away from that and move that dish further on I mean like mm. we had always 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 since the whole time I worked there we always had carbonara on the menu at Tosses back in the day it was like the staple and like we would do 50 of them a day and that's really great but you know like for some people and like I know this is a huge issue like was a massive thing on the mission back in the day it was like you know is it carbonara if it's cream sauce no it's well okay like for me personally in my mind no it's fucking not because it's not carbonara carbonara is like a specific says the person's got buckwheat risotto carbonara <laughs> I know but then like but a bit of cream fuck off yeah, yeah. Get, get out of my sauce no but I mean that, that's where I'm like sort of the juxtaposing sort of thing here is yeah. like you know the medium of all like the point of any pasta dish is the actual pasta it's not the sauce it, the sauce is the accompaniment to the pasta so by technicality what I'm making I mean obviously it's a good conveyance to your customers to say like okay this is carbonara like mm. I'm sure like no one's kicked up a fucking stink yet but I'm sure if I can think of two or three people off the top of my head who would come in and be like yeah nah sorry it doesn't work for me like I wonder whether, you know, but then what do you call it either way? Like, you can't, it's too long a description well, to say this. These days, man, call it whatever the fuck you want. Well, yeah, yeah. we did potato carbonara uh, with the, with the, uh, truffle and with truffle. Do you use cream? Menu. No, that's, that's what I use the potato noodles for. The Andy's, uh, yeah, but you put cream in it? Yeah, yeah, I put cream in it. It's fuck not fucking carbonara. I'm not fucking, I'm not fucking trying to order fucking whisk egg yolks around a load of potato. Stop being a pussy. It'd be a nightmare. Just do it. It was a nightmare as it was. But like, but to, but to me, that, like carbonara sauce. <laughs> yeah, to me, like carbonara sauce got fucking cream in. But that's just that's you know, I'm not Italian. No, I neither am I. From a small Welsh town. No, no cream, hey. No, no yeah. Cream. But I think one of the things is that a lot of a lot of chefs, a lot of restaurants are like they try to innovate things when really for what they're doing, their ability, um, mm. the restaurant they're running, they should just be trying to make the things that make simple things. Uh, better by using good ingredients and solid technique. I think the worst thing is when you go to a restaurant and you see something on it, you're like that sounds interesting and it's just fucking it's just butchered to uh, not not to use. I was <laughs> like, like, you like what are you saying? Like, okay, I didn't, I didn't realize we were doing a review. Sorry about that. Maybe but. you could change that word to be something that you did really well. Like, oh, it's butchered that. Hey, how good is it? I, that has that has been so. used in a context before, and I'm not going to tell you why. Um. Like, I feel like, so we're talking, I guess, yeah, tradition versus progression, right? So I think that one thing that today is really rewarded when it comes to high-level dining is progression in mm. the sense of unfamiliar flavor combinations that just work that's original that have just been discovered or tested by that chef and gotten to a point in the dish where it's like, that's a fucking banging dish and I never mm. thought I'd see miso on a dessert or whatever the fuck it is, something like that. Yeah. Um, However, there's a couple of, I guess there's a couple of different factors in it. So it's like one, it's like what type of establishment are you and how adventurous do you think your clientele are to have a menu that's completely full of like progression in inverted commas in terms of like different flavor combinations and everything that you see on the menu is completely unfamiliar or is balancing though is balancing your menu also about doing things like 
putting something like saying writing a word comfy or writing carbonara uh, even if it's like you write you know buckwheat carbonara or whatever it might be um because you've got clientele as well that need to need something familiar on the menu or they won't come back like they won't return so is that like because also i feel like there are certain you know times where i've been to a restaurant where you you see something that it's like like the old deconstructed something like a deconstructed black forest cake or whatever it is (laughs) so like the like that's the thing like so like you go to deconstructed and that's like to me it seems like the just the easiest path you can take to try to do something like it's like if you're gonna make a black forest cake i prefer to just have a black forest cake than a deconstructed or whatever like you know so the question is though like right so yeah so i guess the question is it's like as a as chefs do you guys like does it ever feel sort of do you ever feel like you're kind of maybe taking an easier route maybe sometimes if you, you just you just go, all right, we're going to use this classic, we're going to use a completely classic technique and flavor, but we're just going to trick it up a little bit. Or is that like a conscious sort of like, you know, we do have customers that expect some level of um, familiarity on the menu as well. Um, we don't want to like, we, we can't push our customers too far. We're not in the middle of Sydney um, with a clientele that are willing to be adventurous, as, as adventurous as we'd like to be. I'd definitely be in a ladder. Yeah, well, that's... we have that clientele, but... I mean, personally, like, I would like to see a change in that. I, I would like to see a more varied demographic in our clientele. And I guess that's why, I mean, like, I try to stay with relatively familiar things. I mean, I would say this menu's probably... It's really fucking weird. Like, you know, there, there's a fucking mortadella sandwich on at the moment. And people don't fucking order it now. <laughs> people don't know what mortadella is yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, do I just write fucking Devon? Well, they don't realise <laughs> that it can actually be good. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's that, yeah. probably like a really bad stigma that like, you know, I'm sure everyone remembers this as a kid. You go to Woolies to the deli because oh. your mum would be going to get like something and there'd be this big fuck off log of mortadella that no one, it, it's probably been We like always got mortadella, years. unfortunately. No, see, I mean, like, but it's, you know, <laughs> it there's something good about it. Like, mm-hmm. there's something, I, it, to me, so it's like a mortadella sandwich with red cabbage ketchup and, yeah, that's it. Oh, and Comte. That was a cheese, that's that's a sandwich I used to take to school. It was like, like, Devon tomato sauce and cheese. That's yeah. your lunch. Like, so <laughs> to me, there's a familiarity, yeah. but... But I think, like, you can, you can get away with, with then calling that, like, just going just straight fucking familiar and being like, it's a cheese ham, cheese ham and fucking tomato sandwich, and yeah. then list the ingredients. Like, no, we we sort of do that consciously. Well, like that's like no, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, like Acme obviously does their bologna yeah. sandwich. Mm. Yeah, and would that I don't know would it sell less because they're like like it's like a funky restaurant and you know the clientele like go along with it. Would it sell less if you said homemade mortadella, like? And like, if you gave it that full description rather yeah. than and giving it that that sort of fun bologna sandwich title, I don't know what's yeah. that? like. Like, if you change your sandwich on the Throsby menu to Devon and sauce, you'd probably sell more of it. I, I dare say, and I mean, this is something that I think <clears throat> everyone deals with at one point or another in the kitchen. Is like the wording of things is such a fucking bastard. Like in in an area where. Like, we don't have the population density, you know, like, um, I guess the openness to... Although it's changing and it's changing for the good, which is fucking fantastic. 
to see people like, oh, okay, that's a bit like, you know, I think you progressively have to ease people in in a, in a smaller environment. Like, we're not yeah, in Sydney and, and that's... Uh, people are, like I said, becoming more okay with the idea of shit, but it, it, that is a fucking struggle, hey, to like, you know, having to use, um, I guess, a familiarity... But even then, I can say, like, when we had fucking dinner at Babyface, what was it, like, two weeks, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, that last dish with the, like, was it Moon Acres Farm lettuce? Oh, the lettuce. The lettuce. That, honestly, like, I mean, the whole fucking meal was brilliant, but it was a really nice way to end the meal, and it was, like, almost like the fucking nicest Caesar salad I've ever had, but without it even being a Caesar salad. There's something yeah, just, no, like, really fucking good lettuce... Like, the buttermilk dressing is fucking brilliant. And it still has, to me anyway, like, some familiarity yeah, to we, it. Yeah, we try to do that a bit, but we understate. Like, our menu is just... We dump shit down when we opened. Yeah. Like, big time. Like, to, to play to people, and now it's just like, well, this is what it is. If you want to come, come. If you don't, don't. If mm. you like it, you do. Like, if you love it, awesome. Like, I don't know, it's just become, after two and a half years... Like to kind of answer your question, like we don't really, we just write the ingredients. I mean, as you've all seen, like on the menu, it's like primary ingredient in bold, and then this is what follows, mm. and then you get it. Like we like people to get things and go, okay, this is way more than what's written on the menu. Like, like what's this? Like, what? Like it might be a year old miso that's created this flavour, or it could just really simply be an amazing vegetable that someone's grown, or whatever. But it's. We want it to get to the table and people to see that there's more to it than what's yeah. written on the menu. And we're, I think we're lucky enough, like, we've kind of gotten to that point where people just come expecting that anyway. Mm. People come because they're going to come. Like, yeah, you, you guys have only been, you know, you've only been there a, a few months or whatever. Yeah, I think, yeah. It yeah. takes time to be able to get it to where you, you know. Oh, of course. And, like, we, you know, <coughs> to paraphrase you ages ago like you kind of have to open with the menu that you have to open with mm. like we did that's a necessity and like a, you know in my particular thing food I want to be cooking there right now no because the market doesn't exist the well sorry the, the demographic isn't in there right now that want to yeah. eat that sort of stuff yeah. and you know like you push it as far as you can but you also don't want it to look half assed like you know sort of I mm. guess a good a good example would be you know, when you go to, like, say, uh, like, a good example would be, like, a quote-unquote, like, Greek or um, Italian or French or Spanish place, and they're selling just traditional shit, and it's really shit. Mm. But it's, well, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's like, it's not, like, if you're going in for, like, okay, again, we'll just use carbonara because it's a hot topic. If I go to an Italian restaurant and I get carbonara, and it's, like, being like it's a mutton dressed up like lamb it's mm. like they've just done all this shit to it I'm like that's not what I fucking want well, I, I want a fucking cabinet that's yeah. what it's like, just cook the fucking thing like, it's, it's really easy to hide behind something that's weird or something that's new yeah. so if you throw a lot of weird combinations in you just sort of trick a lot of people into thinking it's good I think when you're doing simple food um, or traditional food and you're you're not hiding behind any sort of any gimmicks or the or, or food doesn't need that. Yeah, well, 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 yeah. I mean, I think you can, you can, you can change things, and like I said, you can, you can progress traditional dishes with with different ingredients or different little different techniques here and there. But I think if you're doing something that's very traditional, there's no way to hide. 
and you have yeah. to, everything has to be very good. If you only got like you know, if you've got a very simple pasta dish and there's three things on the plate, those three things have to be bang on. So there, there is a kind of a, yeah, right, a difficult simplicity to uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like because there's no way to hide behind lots of shit going on. So but I like, yeah, I love the idea that you can have like we've got lots of weird shit. Like I don't think it's weird, but people that come work there have no idea what any yeah, of it is yeah, and stuff. Even yeah. the chefs, you know. And I've realised Jen kind of reminds me sometimes how weird some of the shit is. Yeah, we, we, but we, we like use it so simply in the way that I've been taught to cook, mm-hmm. and which was not using any of the fucking ingredients. Well, a lot of the ingredients I use now. Yeah, and I love that we can do that now. Like but I'm not. I, I'm not I, we, I, think, I don't just mean. Babyface, I mean, yeah. everyone. Like. I think the way, the way like, 10, 15 years ago, sort of progression was, was kind of the, the Heston, Ferrin. Yeah, uh, yeah that's something that I wanted to bring up. Was, was finding like these completely new techniques using these, these different hydrocolloids and different sort of um, chemicals. Hydro what? <laughs> exactly, mate. But is it like, is there always like, with that sort of, yeah, that, that sort of Heston and Ferran Adria movement... It seems to me that a lot of the the dishes that they do have an essence in tradition anyway, and yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. a modernisation of technique in presentation. But I, th- I think that that was when it was done at the top level and done well. I think what you got yeah. from that was oh, a lot of people of with shit. access to these techniques just doing stuff for the sake of it. Yeah, um, like verifying s- f- peas when yeah, or, or like verifying like to make to make peas. Yeah, just putting foam on fuck. Yeah, like verifying finger line. Yeah, yeah, verifying verifying line. Juice into tiny little balls. Oh, we've got a fruit for that. Yeah. Time, like when there was a thing, I fucking will never forget this. Our TAFE teacher came in and he's like, oh, fucking went to, I think it was like Courgette or something. He's like, they've got an anti griddle. And I was like, what the fuck is an anti griddle? (laughs) It freezes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's for like ice cream and like, all these things. It's cold rock. Do you want Maltesers or? Okay, so you went to fucking cold rock. That's what you did. They do it at tableside. No, no, no. Courgette is a fucking really restaurant, Miles, today, and there was no offense intended there. But at the time, I was like, what the fuck? Well, that's the funny thing is, like, a lot of those techniques were, were from the sort of confectionery industry. But um, the point I was to make was that 15 years ago, that was seen as progression, that was seen as creativity, it was just throwing lots of techniques on a dish yeah. um, with lots of different flavours, weird flavour combinations is one thing as well, which I think sort of died down. Fusion. Yeah, if, yeah sort of fusion. Hot food. word, that one. Um, that's beautiful. A hot but, word that we can we not use that? Yeah, yeah. But um, Asian, the last, last five to ten, I think the creativity and progression has come from people taking ingredients and then using um, a sort of more traditional technique with that ingredient mm-hmm. so, so things like different ferments um, things like using koji in, in fucking everything at the moment like because it's one of those like amazing ingredients that just has so many kind of um, ways you can use it so I think, I think that's the cool thing now is that people are just taking let's um, say like salting smoking um so it's more for ingredient focused yeah, and flavor focused. Back to like really, um, what's the right word? Like provincial, traditional necessity. Yeah, like the necessity. Of yeah. like, so I'm starting to do some stuff with like way, like using like way in yeah, different like, yeah, ways. finding different ways to cure things and, and yeah, things like lactose ferments yeah. and then mold as well, like um, just sounds fucking weird but it's just some mould growing I just scraped it out from the oven yeah. just put it on some bread a bit of mold. no like I mean it's just to see what 
happens and look, hopefully no one dies, fingers crossed. Like, obviously, do your research. <laughs> pull out the old Harold McGee, make sure it's fine. But I think that, like, that, the way that has progressed now to, like, we've really taken it back. Like, it, it's really funny when you think about the, all that time ago, you know, people doing that and now it's really yeah. come back when, to when this is one yeah back in the dinosaur <laughs> well yeah, back see, in Miss Goffier's time I think uh, that's like yeah I guess food media and, and, and sort of what you consume and what's sort of revered and, and stuff that's kind of one of the cool things is that it is always changing like the trend mm. like it is a trend yeah, really, there's a lot of fashion. trend in the industry um, and one of the cool things we've seen is I think for you know that time when we were talking about Heston and Adria, that 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 was like considered top level, and you had to sort of be doing that sort of thing to be one of the best restaurants in the world. But now, you've got hawkers in Hong Kong that have Michelin stars, yeah, because it's now recognised that they do this fucking duck that well, and they've been doing it the same way for the last forty years or whatever mm. the fuck it is, and that food stands next to whatever restaurant it might be that has a brigade of chefs and things like that because it's that fucking good just because it's a street vendor or just because it's whatever doesn't doesn't, it's do, it doesn't mean it's it, it's not that level like it is that level yeah, yeah. so that's kind of like that interesting sort of recognition of those sort of obviously it's tradition but um yeah you don't necessarily have to be yeah and i think that uh, like Bourdain was probably one of the people that really pushed that in a sense like in his reverence for street food in a lot of like what he did and stuff mm. like it wasn't just a show or a book or whatever it is about you know the the top notch fucking three Michelin star places yeah. it was just it was about like yeah culture tradition and yeah, we, we and had a couple thing. of places he went to in Vietnam when we were over there at the start of the year and I fucking have to say like he's not wrong yeah. like, he's really not wrong and I think the way you go about it with that open mindset of like <clears throat> yes it's eight o'clock in the morning you've had fuck all sleep because you got really pissed on cheap booze last night but if you go and you get a bowl of bon ok, which is like snail soup man that will fix your day up so much and like <laughs> yeah. even the old lady with no teeth who's smiling at you like she makes your day she like she knows you're hungover she's like you go have some OJ with that it's like you can't go past that I think you know in any culture it doesn't matter if it's you know Asian European Eastern European, American, South American, like, there's those things that, like, just shouldn't ever change, like, you shouldn't fuck with, you know, like, um, I'm just trying to think, like, as bad as, bad as it is, like, spag bowl, like, I know it's an Italian dish, but I'm pretty sure everyone at this table grew up eating spag bowl, like, oh, okay, well, I can say in my house, like, maybe, okay, maybe, a lot of people did that, a lot, a lot of people did, it's like, you know, what's for dinner, and you might be like, oh, spag bowl, like or you know I know like that old meat and three veg thing but there's like a couple of quintessentially say um, British dishes that like you know that's that's how yeah, yeah that should I, never fucking change I, because yeah. they're just beautiful the way they are they don't need to change like, but I think as soon as you start saying that something shouldn't ever change then you're uh, you're, you're stifling creation all sides because then if you're saying that, course, that shouldn't yeah. change then suddenly you're, you're doing a play on something you're creating something else like yeah. who's, who's who's saying what what should say the same and what shouldn't I think I think for me, for me the funny thing I always find is that chefs on sort of top end or trying to be creative or trying to sort of make progression with their dishes are always the ones who will be like oh I fucking love spag bowl 
or a lot of yeah. nothing better than a roast chicken oh, but then dude, in our professional lot, lives we spend the whole time trying to think of like a fine that's, that's, the, that's the interesting flavor. thing as well I think that every chef and probably like all of us like when you cook at home a lot of the time it's just the simple traditional yeah. things like oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that you want to eat like and yeah. even now I think I'll, if I went to somewhere doing something really simple really well I'd, I'd, prob- I'd probably be more shocked at that because that's that's almost harder to find a lot of time yeah um, I, I was actually actually a really good example of a place that did really well with that was Pulp Kitchen in Canberra when mm. it got run, got overtaken by Gus who owns 86 in Canberra yeah. and I was showing you that Simon they won mm. a hat after Gus took over mm. and it was just literally traditional European food. Yeah. Like there was like a risotto bianco, a ratatouille and lamb, a, you know, a, a steak tartare. Yeah. Like just that's a steak tartare, not yeah. a... Yeah. No, not no a fucking miso hey. steak tartare yeah. or, or whatever like a steak tartare yeah. like and they want a hat off the back of just doing that and just making sure that every single dish is perfect and I think that um, it's interesting what you said before Simon because when you're doing that like if that if that's what you set out to do there really is no hiding behind anything yeah. like if you get a critic walk in and someone that's eaten risotto bianco a fucking hundred times and it's like if it's good, not yeah. perfect yeah. then we'll see you later I think like, that shows as well that that the for any flaws good food guy might have is that you, you can you can get a hat doing almost any type of food um, no, no matter what what sort of style it is whether it's a Chinese smokehouse or if it's you're doing something on the very much cutting edge or you're literally just doing really classic European food you, you can you can get a hat mm. from like that it's, it's not all and it doesn't all have to be about pushing it and progressing it and doing weird stuff and doing strange stuff um, I think a lot of time. Awesome. It's, it's harder, it's yeah. It's harder to do simple yeah. stuff a lot of time. I think mm. it's good to see a place like Six Penny as well get yeah. free hats. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I just think it's all it's all changed so much, and I think we saw reading through the guide this year, like it's and it, like whether it be a star or a hat or whatever, it's changed so much in the mm. last ten years. I think like that, yeah, I, that I've seen. Yeah. It's good to see changed. that you don't have to have well, like. A fucking three million dollar fit out and and a view and this yeah, that and the other and to be at, to be at the top. Of it's your inter- game. it's interesting to think that as well that like there used to be a real sort of um, you know a divide between fine dining and and other. Yeah. So like top yeah. level restaurants, it was only fine dining, and this isn't even that long ago. It's like every fine dining restaurant in Australia used to have white tablecloths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were considered the best restaurants in Australia. No, yeah. no, it's just and cool. and then you'd have your trattorias and French bistros yeah. and steakhouses and things like that, which were which were completely yeah. different. But now they all sit in the same group of the top restaurants in Australia. Just as long as the food's there, like yeah. the quality's there. Well, at least the places you, you eat in France, Michelin star places, they're very, very simple, very you know, not not your traditional Michelin star kind of look. Mm. I think that that's a form of progression and creativity in itself is is taking the best parts from the sort of traditional side of restaurants and infusing them with the best parts of, of the sort of fine dining side. Mm. Well, if you can fucking cook, you can cook. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and yeah. it shows on the table. Yeah. You know, like it's. I just think like. In the States, for instance, David Chang had, we've talked about it before, or I've mentioned before, mm. so much to do with with that mm. whole changing the way fine dining had to be. Yeah. Um, whether it be, like, with the playlist, 
the food, the service, like all of it was just the decor, like was so different than what everyone was used to. Mm. And then finally, it got recognised as being just as good. Mm. Like, but just like there's a place for both. Yeah, it doesn't mean like it's like Caval and Babyface is so different. Like, but it doesn't mean that either one's right or wrong. Like mm. anymore. No. Like it used to kind of. Like it was definitely that like, stigma back to the day. Tetsuya's was yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And no tablecloths and yeah. different playlists and loud and whatever was wrong. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's great now that it doesn't have to be right or wrong. It's just, there's, there's like, there's good and bad. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. great. Like, yeah. but I think the, the flip side is what I brought up earlier is that someone like Tetsuya, who five years ago, six years ago, had, had three hats, was sort of one of the, one of the best wrestlers in the world. They're, they're, they're basically doing the same menu same type of food yeah. hasn't changed much yeah. but now they're, they're two hats rather than three but yeah. they haven't changed anything so that's obviously yeah. I mean it, it, it's, that's but quite, you have to I think you have to change, I think man. these days you have to keep up <laughs> well, with you've got to keep, keep with so certain yeah, but, but why is, is their food any of course you had lost less, hat last year yeah. and but I mean is, is Tetsu's food any less delicious than it was I do, I do, like, I do. Because, because he hasn't changed the, the trends have changed around him he's stayed the same and like I think there's a Come on, but I think that to, yeah, it what, is easier to stay the same. If oh, I kept yeah, my yeah, 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 the same yeah. for the next five years, yeah. like, my life would be so much yeah, fucking but, but easier. Yeah, but does that does that affect <laughs> the, the, the customers, the customers' meal, and, and what the food is? Yeah, yeah but, but I does, think does, that does when, the customer when change, you, care if you're changing in the kitchen all the time? Will they care? Well, yeah, our regulars do. Would you go back to Tetsu's if it was exactly the same? Well, well, yeah, then we get yeah, like frequently. Yeah, this is yeah, this is what this is. I wouldn't. No, it's exactly. But hold on, let's is it is it exactly is it the same? Well, I'm not saying it's exactly. Like, how often do they change the menu? But like, they've still got their their signature dishes are still on the menu. Like the same salmon trout. Yeah. So, I mean, they've obviously got some things the same, which is a definite place for. Yeah, I think, but I don't know. I just think if yeah, look, I think that when it comes to when it comes to being recognised in the industry and being top level. I think that it's 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 a hundred percent necessary that you continually progress. Yeah, yeah. And, absolutely. And and and, I, and one of the other really cool things is I think that it's also a frequently changing menu is 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 sort of rewarded and yeah. revered by you know critics and 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 other people a bit. You don't think so? Uh, you disagree with that? Look at Key. They just changed their menu for the first time in you know it, it's it's evolved and it's changed a little bit, but they just changed their dessert for the first time in ten years. Um, Redid the restaurant to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just called three million dollars, um, and it's never hurt them. Mm. So the restaurants are at the very top end of the three mission stuff, three three hats. Their their menus very very rarely change. They, they things get tweaked. Ingredients like you were saying out. before, there's expectation of those dishes well, to yeah, be yeah, on exactly, the menu yeah, yeah. people go. But I think so, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Really I guess fun. there's a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Probably yeah. at that so, end as well. If if that is the case, like you've got. Like Key would be that perfect example. You know, this is like a really oh, highly publicised Sebia. She's in the book with some of the menu. Even like, seven. even fucking like to some degree, I was talking with Jimmy Calloway about this on the, on the weekend. Like that steak at Firedor, like it is now pretty much expected to some degree or another. Oh, to have it on all time. To have it. Well, yeah, yeah and, 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 and fair enough. I mean, like, there are some things that maybe need to stay on, like, and that's yeah. that's fine. I don't see an issue with that. I think, just sorry, quickly, while I had it in my head, like, also, do you think, okay, like, now you can say from experience from your most recent trip, especially to Paris, like, there's, like, there's a lot, there's years and years and years of tradition in that country that have led up to this 
point. So for them, it's more of like a rebellion. Like this, mm. that's, that whole movement was like, fuck you, Michelin stars. I'm not mm. opening an establishment that you have to pay. You know, you're opening an establishment for everyone. Whereas here, we like it sounds probably bad, but I don't mean it to be. It's just fact. We don't have tradition here. There is no that's great. tradition, and that's M- modern, modern Australian food can be. Anything, anything it wants, and, and anything, anything. anything. <laughs> if you want to tidy like, out, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think, like, if, like you got described as modern Australian with Japanese slants, yeah. and you described as modern Australian. Yeah. Like, like, but the food's yeah, like it's quite, it's quite, quite different. But there's that's a fucking brilliant thing about this country. But mm. it's hard to, I guess, again for those guys in like you know UK, Europe. Um, even I guess in the states to some degree as well, because there is a very long-standing culinary tradition there. It's you know this build up over years and years and years to then push forward through that. Well, you could, Whereas for us, we have nothing to base that on, which is the most fucking brilliant thing in the world because we literally can do whatever we want, but we have nothing to base it in. Yeah, you, you can only innovate if you've got something to, to begin with. Exactly. So, so you, you know, dishes can only only progress if you've got those original dishes. If you're starting from scratch, it can be difficult to to have any basis in in flavor combinations and flavor profiles. And, and things that people are kind of used to, um, which is what we found quite a lot, using a lot of native ingredients. Um, so so we, we, try, we try and use them in a recognisable way. So we made pepper berry sauce rather than yeah. pepper sauce. Yeah, I think you guys um, do a really good job of that, though. Yeah, we, we make a conscious effort to, to make sure that if we have emu on, again, it's something like like you said, like to us that's not becoming that weird anymore, and we've tasted it a few times, we're like, it's fucking delicious. Yeah. But some people still get a little bit freaked you've out got, by that. You've got to remember how... Yeah, 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 because it's, it's easy to get sort of blindsided and be, be like, oh, finger limes are boring. Go, fuck, <laughs> that 10 people have not seen a finger lime yeah. yet. Um, but so, so we always try and make sure that there's like, it's emu, but it's peppercorn sauce, and we'd be like, it's like steak and peppercorn sauce. Yeah. You like that? Oh, I yeah. like that. You'll love this. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to ask you one question, Andy. Because we're like, let's get back to the topic of progression yes. versus tradition. Basically, every menu I've seen of yours, you've always got a traditional sashimi plate on the menu, yeah. and a another raw fish yeah. option, yeah. which is a, a a perfect example of tradition and progression. Do you want to take me through the thought process in having those two different things, and then and and what 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 having each of those things on the menu sort of tries to accomplish and why you choose to do that. I love um, eating raw fish. Right. And I, I think it's a great fucking way to start a meal. Yep. Um, it's, yeah, like that's... Yeah. But really why do you have both? Why do you have both? Why do Sorry. you have a traditional sashimi plate and yep. another interpretation of raw fish? Because so last night it was with nashi pear and um, pickled oh, kohlrabi. Yeah. And then there's also the, you know, pickled ginger, wasabi and soy, like... Why do, you, why do you have two choices of raw fish? I like having one a couple of like, dishes that we can play with. And we've always had that sashimi plate on. Which why? We'll probably be going soon. You re- really? Because, yeah, just because... Um, is it because start, you get bored of it, it? Or does it sell as much as anything else kind of no, thing? No, it's just like I, I just would rather our set menus go out with the, the ones that we're playing with a bit right. and we season ourselves for people to taste rather than them seasoning it themselves with soy and like way too much soy probably and, yeah. and wasabi um, it's just we've always had that that mixed sashimi on the menu mm. uh, and pe- people love it yeah I fucking love it. it as well they you do. know like it, what's not to love but that's the thing yeah. it's like 
What do I'd you rather know? the ones that we do ourselves, yeah. To and that was awesome, that one last night. Fuck that thinly sliced nashi pear is fucking rad. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we'll kind of be the last thing to go that we started with. Really? Yeah. Is that the last thing on the, like, from the yeah, sort of OG menu? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I've tried to take it off a bunch of times, and Jen and David are like, mm. it's funny because it's. So, what's the reason? Wh- why do you want to take it off? Just because I'm sick of people, like, making that, like, oh, it's Japanese. Like, we, yes, we use those ingredients in some, like, right. some minimal techniques. Um, so you've obviously you moved a lot away from what you originally started doing, and, and you want to and you want to keep pushing. Yeah, further, yeah, because like. I think we've like for me like I've grown so much in what I've done in the last two and a half years, and I've got so Good. much more to grow like in my cookie. Like, you know what I mean? I like, that's the difference between us and mm. the fucking two hat Tetsuya's yeah. that have been doing the same thing because they obviously got to a place where they want to do that. Like I've got so far to go to get to a place where I think. Um, well, you don't know where you don't that. even know where you're going to be. Exactly. Like that's, it's just that's, that's what constant progression thing about is. What I yeah. want to do and what we're doing, but um, it's hard when you're in that spot, though. I mean, like we, my first thing after like my first couple of weeks at Crosby was like, I'm so fucking sick of doing fucking cheese plates. Well, I get it. Yeah, Wine and right. cheese, great, fantastic. <laughs> I don't actually. That's not going though. anywhere either. <laughs> no, and no. But the funny thing is, like, you know, you write up a menu of an ounce is only ever so eight to twelve things, right? And they're all small and they're pretty fucking easy. Like it's all in the prep. The service is the easy bit. Yep. Every fucking cunt just wants to come in and have fucking cheese, and it's just like, <laughs> so, sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, mate. You'll sorry. Get there. Yeah, you'll, and you'll get like there. I know that takes time. I understand that, and I do. Want to, look, man, fuck. Like, even at the end of the week, I'm like, oh, fuck, there's like a couple of slices of bread. Is, is this but, one of the reasons why chefs are the ones who care more about progression than customers all the time? Definitely, because, because you got to keep because you got to get your fucking head out of monotony. Yeah, you've, there's like. That's so. That is so true. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like just, you know, none of the customers are saying, "Oh, take that fucking cheese, cheese board off." You know. It's been on since they opened. So, so you, you have to chicken, find yeah, a, chicken, a medium and go yeah. like, "Okay, well, as opposed to doing it on these, like we used to, you remember we used to fucking like massive cheese plates." I'm like, "Okay, we'll just like downsize this. Let's drop the selection down to five cheeses. Let's give them some mildly interesting condiments. I'm going to fucking freak them out." And get some, you know, interesting bread in, but just like, in, you would have had how many cheese plates in France? Like they're fucking everywhere. I like actually overdosed on cheese in France. Oh man! Like, okay, did you get cheese off? Ended up in hospital. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's, it's insane. <laughs> no, it's like, like, oh, every every fucking meal, every single fucking meal, and it's brilliant. But it needs to be small and simple, and I think that's what it, it's. And it has taken a couple of months, but now people are like, oh, okay, fuck. Actually, there's a whole fucking without saying tapas. Thank you, Ilmar Mercury. Thanks for that. Um, there's <laughs> maybe edit that one out. There's like tap as fuck off. Right? <coughs> um, people are more leaning towards it now, but like those first couple of months, you know, like the I can't even say like you know I have to go to Maddie and Mary at the end of the week and go like it's fucking throw out this, you know, like sorry I had to throw this out because people won't gravitate to it. Yeah. But you know, it's that hard. There's always a hard line between like you want to keep your customers happy. But you also want to push push on and push further on. Oh, but. welcome to. The but I think that, like, <laughs> I mean, for, I think you faced a pretty unique challenge, Jimmy, in the sense that you oh, took over the kitchen, in, took over the kitchen in a place that was yeah. always just doing cheese plates, yeah. and you need to shift the 
perception of the Throsby to be not just a wine bar that has cheese, but also is a place that you can go for dinner. And there's still, you know, I talk to people and they're like, oh, they've got a full food menu now. Like they're just still sort That's of coming around to that. And you kind of have to, funny. you have to wait for that to change before you oh, can keep pushing forward in a sense as well. Of course. And like, you know, I <clears> knew that from the outset and like, you know, taking the example of people like Andy, like, you know, and even having worked for him, like, and you see that at the start of baby face to now, like it does take time. And that that's fair. We we understand that. I think there's also a culture that you know I wish existed here that doesn't. Which is, and again, I hate to constantly make reference to it, but you know that you can go anywhere in Paris and you can go to a wine bar, and like that's the whole point of what we want at Toast Beer. There, the food is just there as a like complement to the wine, and vice versa. It, you know, we're not trying to be a restaurant. We're trying to be a bar that serves food. Like in a, a small menu, and man, like I love it every Sunday night. You're in almost every other Sunday night. You guys come in frequently. And that brisket and lasagna I had the other day was off the chain. Oh, it was yeah. Such a nice Sunday, Sunday night. night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Donna Hay. Thanks for that one. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, that's mostly Eric. I'll blame him for that. Just make sure she's not fucking around. Um, Did she listen? Yeah, I hope so. Um, Hey Donna, I love you. Um, but I think definitely listening. <laughs> definitely does now. Um, but I think like that's the thing. Having your mate, I want somewhere where ideally, like my mates and mates' mates, and they will bring their mates in and have you know a couple of bottles of wine or a few glasses of wine. Have something to nibble. Uh, not responsibly at all. <laughs> I don't have an RSA, so I don't have to serve anyone responsibly, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, but have like a little snack, like have something to eat. Yeah. Like no, it's it's, it's convivial. Yeah. Like and that's that's you know what keeps me happy and what keeps us. We're sure so. a wine bar should be yeah. in my yeah. in my eyes. Like, like we've shown how many different like levels of sort of progression or how far we take to stop it because there's pushing food as a whole, there's yeah. pushing individual dishes, even things like I just want like the layout of your menus. Oh, we're gonna take it off because we want to do this rather mm. than that. Um, even you saying like just just tweaking the cheese cheese balls and and then then actually like how we eat yeah and and the environments we like to eat in so there seems like, like there's just the so many layers to of your customers and your demographic well yeah yeah time. you have to like, sort of take them along as well so yeah there's, there's well, so they pay much fucking bills yeah so you do have to take them along yeah yeah like and hope that they like it yeah yeah I guess. and, and well, you, lo- you lose some you win some a lot of time as well yeah the amount of things we've changed and where we've evolved last two years that. We've definitely lost some some people who were regulars, but we have you, yeah, yeah, I'd say so, yeah, yeah, right. We, we, people we don't we don't. So that's a, like that's kind of something that we we haven't talked about that I I wanted to bring up as well is your transition of and transformation of Cavo since you guys took over because it it, it was a traditionally French fine yeah. dining restaurant that you guys were working yeah. at, and now like how far the food is from what it was mm. before is. Is crazy. So I think that, like this restaurant's a pretty good manifestation of the how to balance tradition and progression. Because you took a traditional place and now you've, you know, progressed yeah, it into. And I think you were like blessed and cursed in a sense. Yeah, oh, like yeah, you, you were blessed to have the a restaurant. And yeah. yeah, and a restaurant where you were tasting menu only. Yeah, and an audience like people coming in. Expected that, yeah, yeah. Like oh, I yeah. haven't had that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. had to push people to that. Yeah, but definitely. then you also were cursed in a sense that people's expectations that have been coming here for a while 
needed to change. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still, still, there's still, still people who say that's the French restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time, yeah. And, and nothing... Best said it really well. Yeah. It was like... They were like, we want to fucking change dramatically here. And it was like, if we lose... We hope... Like, if we lose 20% of, like, these customers that have been coming here for years, we gain another... Yeah. A back 20% that want what, what we're yeah, doing exactly, now. Yeah, and you've got to hope for that. You've got to kind of... You have to sort of go for that, um, but yeah, like I said, like you know, we, we were already set up to do what we wanted to do, but we had a customer base who, who, who didn't want it. Didn't, essentially, some 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 were happy that um, we were still doing you know, good food. That's why I've never. But come you like us had to do it. Yeah, exactly. You like us not French anymore. Had to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every little thing. Like yeah. I mean the way again. We've pushed everything from the the way we do service the wine. Um, the, the actual makeup of the menu, the environment we have here. So kind of everything we have been talking about, we've been slowly trying to push that and trying yeah. to get it to a place we want. Um, trying to be creative in, in, in a, lot of, a lot of creativity in how, you, how far you make your money go as well. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in a restaurant. You can be a bit more creative when you're full every night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah so, so, yeah, so trying to push everything on like that. Um, and like I said, the way, where the food's changed, trying to use new ingredients that people haven't seen before but base them in tradition and for me I've always been a big proponent of there's certain flavour combinations that go well together because they go well together and we should basically stick to them like 100% agree trying to to force things together just for the sake of it or just because the first time someone eats that will be like oh I've never tried that before I don't think, like, that doesn't I, make it good. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't think that's a substitute for something being good. You can I, I've, get there I've never tasted anything like that before. Isn't always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think we, we try to strike a balance in the food I like to strikes that balance between being based in tradition, having some semblance to a dish people might be might have had when they were younger or yeah. they used to or had before, but then with with modern technique and native ingredients yeah, nostalgia where, where, where with some surprise yeah exactly yeah I think nostalgia is a really really kind of a, a really good tool um, one of the with, best with, with food. yeah and I think like, yeah. it's a great feeling yeah, isn't it? yeah exactly yeah when you have that thing you're like oh my god that tastes just like this thing I had or that you time or you can't put your thing. finger on it but yeah, that's yeah. That, that ratatouille yeah. moment yeah yeah when, exactly. he, when that critic eats yeah. the ratatouille and takes film. it that gets the tears in his eyes fucking film yeah that's so good I'll fucking watch that that's the best chef film it is the one, the one with the rat yeah. yeah but yeah but that, that's such a strong tool and I think that's why um, trying to push things and progress things too far can, is, is, is not a good idea sometimes pushing your luck's not worth it yeah no yeah like I think it's got things that have to be steeped in, in things that work um, and things that have been proven to work yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. There's, there's, some, there's, there's very few people in the world who can create a kind of completely original thought of a dish and that there's probably a handful. Well, you've always used it. You're always yeah. drawing on your experience, you yeah. know, like in your and the flavor combinations. Like there, there is sort of like an inherent thing about flavor combinations a lot of the time that it means that like like that's what balance is. Like there are fucking you know there are these flavors and the ba- you need to get the balance right. And you can always take it back to something else that 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 same balance has been achieved in. Yeah, yeah. And you're just using that experience. That's so how it's I like, came up. Yeah, like getting taught like. It was very, all the food I did through the first years of my apprenticeship was very simple, but it was all based around how an old school chef yeah. had been taught yeah. way, but way back when. The, like. the problem with TAFE is that they, they teach you tradition or traditional stuff, which is good. You should learn the basic techniques, the basic concepts, 
but then they teach you things that were fashionable years ago. Zero application. Like, like yeah, like turning potato. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so like turning potato is is like. I mean, the, you could, it'll roll around the pan more, but a potato's round anyway. So it'll fucking roll around the pan if you feel it. So they also they, they teach you just completely useless stuff like that, and then some attrition. So I think like the the way you should be taught. I turned so many potatoes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Turn so a main like, potato. So many. Yeah. Like we used to do weddings, and we do um, like turn potatoes with. They'd just be be blanched, and then. Through the combi with just parmesan and cracked pepper yeah. on top, like in a tray. That's fucking seriously. Yeah. But like that's fucking. But yeah, they, they, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be teaching. Of them. Yeah, and that, that was a, that was a trend of a time. Like, tape shouldn't be teaching trends, and they shouldn't be teaching modern trends either. I don't think. I think they they should no. be they should be teaching classic like, technique. What, what's a modern trends? Um, powders, dust. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, fuck, we all use them. That's yeah, fine. Look, but like. I'm sure, I'm sure in 10 years we'll be looking back going like oh, look everything's got fucking dust on let's go and got the phone back they, they oh, said bring as the they turn potatoes 10 years yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah. 10 years time everyone will be turning potatoes yeah. it'll be red hot it's everyone fucking except me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you'll be like just yeah. railing That's your it. boys about I'm turning the potatoes yet no I'm going to my fingers are bleeding I'm not like that you are but yeah um, like, fa- fashions come and go and, and they move around so I think like turn potatoes something like restaurant huge is a classic example yeah, it's, it's quite classic French food and ten years ago the, the irony wouldn't be there to, for that restaurant to yeah. work but now because like it is and it does because French food's gone past it and now it's kind of coming back around in a sort of mild, more kind of uh, modern way uh, friends yeah exactly yeah so that, that's mm. so funny like that but yeah uh, cool come and go. can I can oh. I quickly segue on to yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's 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 do this last bit. There's a couple of things I want to talk about in this last bit. But Jimmy, tell us. Uh, so that's that's it for real talk segment. Um, yeah, like I guess that what we do here a lot of the time. Like sometimes we talk about you know things that involve politics and and whatever. But sometimes we also just think like just talk around an issue and just try to like give some of our own opinions and insight into it there's no problem to solve when it comes mm. to progression and tradition it's just us talking so we hope that you that you that you like it yeah. but um jimmy we're uh, solving nothing we like we will <laughs> just an opinion and we don't really fucking intend to we um we soon will be doing... We were going to do it today, but we didn't come through with the guests that we wanted, but we're going to be doing a uh, an episode about uh, mental health in the hospitality industry. And uh, so, yeah, that will be coming up. We'll do a full episode, but Jimmy has a Facebook page that he started. Did, Jimmy, yeah, tell, so us, tell us what you wanted to talk about. Um, no, just quickly, and I guess I'm putting the feelers out there. So I think it's done the rounds sort of already, and, and like... Um, when our Burnett's not busy sinking piss down at the mascot pub, he'll get onto it, I'm sure, if he's listening. So never. So never. Um, just, it started with a conversation uh, between David from Babyface, uh, Jeannie, who uh, is at Throsby with me, and myself and Al Burnett, um, who is formerly of a waffle and dog. Anyway, we just had a chat, and uh, Al currently works at the Black Dog Institute, which is a sort of mental health um, organisation, and I guess with a lot of things that have happened in the past two years, Jeremy Strode taking his life, Anthony Bourdain taking his life, and I mean, you know, countless other people opening up about stuff, 
we just thought like it's a really big spectrum and there's nothing in place here that we could think of where there was a community vibe um, that you know everyone could feel good about saying you know I don't feel good about this it's not just specifically mental health um, it's as well like you know if you're if a woman in the kitchen and you're being like harassed by your fellow workmates and you don't feel comfortable and you don't know what to do because you feel frightened or scared or you know if you're working at another restaurant and you know say you work at Babyface and Andy's you know beating you up after service which is common um, and you keep your mouth shut yeah exactly <laughs> they <laughs> no, tell no, you about that in the interview though you know what you're signing up for yeah exactly like, no so I think <laughs> I will beat you I physically hump you know so I think this is a very serious fucking topic guys I think like in all seriousness we just wanted to open an avenue for any Illawarra or Wollongong peeps who can just message the page and have a chat I mean like we're all from different facets of hospitality um, Jeannie actually has a background in like in mental health work as does Al that's what he does for a living but Al also was a, a cook myself I'm a chef David is well David's fucking David is a monster of his own but I mean they're front of house and back of house so we're kind of there to talk if someone needs to talk um, it can be private like um, or it is it is private we you know like if you feel you know you don't we're not going to go around saying everything like we're here to be supportive and helpful to the wider community. So, yeah, I mean, like, we're just out there to help so out. So what's the page really. called? Uh, this is so bad because, like, I keep forgetting the name of it every time it pops up. That's um, all right. We'll just, we'll just called, edit it in. What's the page called? The page is called uh, Wollongong Hospitality. It's okay to talk. Um, you can look it on up. On Facebook. It's on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll remember that <laughs> now, now that I've been publicly embarrassed. Thanks for that. Um, I can edit out. Yeah, so what well, Al's adding on, it's his fault, really. It's all good. But, yeah. So, Wollongong, Wollongong, what is it? Wollongong Hospitality, it's okay to talk. Okay. Yeah, so you can head to that page, and as you said, it's not necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to be mental health issues, but it's just an avenue for people to open up about any issues they're having at all, and to talk to like-minded people about people, that, two people that might be facing the same sorts of challenges Yeah, and, stuff and there's a well. few of us, like Al, Al and I had a good chat about it, like he like to see a few of us that have, I guess, been around in Wollongong for a while or um, and that's not necessarily, I guess, a bit older, own a restaurant, whatever, um, to be there to sort of, you know, if anyone needs a chat or whatever, um, it can be private. We've had lots of experience in lots of different situations, I guess. Um, someone like myself, Simon, Jimmy. Um, anyway, there's, there's people there that, are willing to chat and help if if anyone needs it. So get on it. Yeah, cool. get on um, it. Safe space. Yeah, no, it's and it's. I think it's a really, really positive thing, and it's nice that I don't know. It's being recognised that those sorts of things are out there, and, and it is okay to, to have a chat about it, and, and like it is okay if things if you don't feel like safe or respect, like necessarily you're being incredibly disrespected or, or like. Yeah in a bad situation at work like it, it, you don't have to put up with it yeah I think it's good that you've included that side of things as well like even, even things like like, am I getting paid the right amount yeah like, like, yeah. I, I, Anything, I get quite yeah. a lot of people just messaging yeah. just to me about things like that yeah. like I'm starting a job how much should I be paid I've, I've, me blah, too. blah 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 yeah. blah because obviously people know that we have to 
know these things now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's cool that it's a kind of catch-all for any hospitality problems, with mental health being obviously quite a, yeah. a, a important and a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so follow the page. The other, th- the last thing that I, well, maybe the last thing, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about just quickly, we, we'll do another episode about guides and reviews, but shout out to Babyface and Caveau, uh and, and Ruby's, Mount Kembla, the three Wollongong South places that, that were in the guide and south, south on Albany down in our... Down in Berry, but Andy, your first year in the guide, fourteen point five. Congratulations! Thank Fucking you. great effort. No, I'm stoked to be in there. I'm stoked to be the first restaurant in Wollongong to make the guide in a fucking long time yeah so for a long yeah. time for people that don't know for a long time it was just Cavo and Ruby Ruby's yeah. that, that was in yeah, there for yeah. fucking a well, decade since, or something since, like. since I've lived here it's, yeah. it's been that um, yeah and it was a really yeah. nice little write up you yeah, got to got, Andy so we got a nice little review yeah one of those best roast um, potatoes very, I don't know that. Anyway, <laughs> um, fucking good potatoes though um, that's nice it it's nice to um, oh like just shout out to our, our crew hey like we all work so fucking hard um, and we're really looking forward to the next four or five months to put a bunch of stuff in place that we've wanted to do for a long time um, a few things have held us back in getting everything where we want it to be one of them being money and one of, like I think like realistically um, I think Miffy Rigby said it it's been the hardest year in hospitality since the GFC mm-hmm and I, we've really felt that. Um, anyway, yeah, like positive, love, lovely review, and we, we're, there's places we want to get to, and we re- we're really confident we can get there next year. Yeah. Um, Good to have something to build on. Yeah, massively. No, no, it was an, no, it's, a, it's a great start, yeah, and it's, no our, it's our first year in in the guide, and I think, like as I mentioned before, it's gotten a lot fucking harder to get in there, and it's gotten a lot harder to get the score you want to get. There's restaurants that I saw that got like got scores. I was very surprised at some of the scores that were given out. Um, mm. But yeah, we like once again shout out to our crew. Like the kitchen guys have worked so hard um, for me, and they they work in, incredibly hard in a sense that like sometimes I'm not necessarily there as much as like in the kitchen prepping and stuff as much as I'd like to be because I have other responsibilities um, and so my goal is to be able to be in the kitchen more mm-hmm. like working with those guys and, and um, a massive thanks to our front house crew especially David who's implemented all, so much like so many things since he's been there and um, we love that guy and it's his birthday today actually happy birthday David happy no just real, like fuck off David <laughs> okay, a huge huge I can't thank him enough like he he front of house and our wine um, <coughs> he's gotten us to, to where we nearly need to be yeah. um, and, and he's going to be a part of the next year getting us to where we really want to be and it's always always forward, it's always going to continue to grow whether we are in Wollongong for you know like the next few years and somewhere else or whatever, whatever Babyface becomes this is the start Sick, so, awesome yeah. and also big congrats to you and Tom Simon and the team at uh, Caveau. And the score went up. And the score went up. Yep. So, yeah, well, second hat um, second hat as owners and totally. 15.5, which is a fucking awesome achievement. Well done, mate. Thanks. Yeah, Huge. pretty happy with that. Yeah. That, was, that was the aim. Because you always want to see progression. We were 15 last year. We, we were 15.5 like four or five years ago, obviously, previous owners. So for us to match that score is always, is always nice. And then 
obviously we wanted to in a completely different style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's good. It's good to if you say the same, you not know, not you're not sure if they're just like coming down here going, yep, yeah, check tick, that one tick, off. Tick, tick, yeah, they're cool. So it, it feels like they noticed what we were doing um, last year. Was just a, was just a relief because we were just shitting ourselves for fucking six months until. Till we got reviewed, and this year we actually got to enjoy it a bit as well. And um, that actual little little half point, that again, that puts us little cherry. Yeah, and it put, it's it's <coughs> half point two hats, and that kind of gives us that bit of a bit of a push, bit of incentive to go get actual little half point, which seems like a tiny little thing, but it's fucking huge. Yeah, it must be. It must just <laughs> seem so yeah, much more yeah. achievable. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's we, we have sort of a, a quite a long five year goal of some things. Okay. So. So it, it just puts us on that first little step. So really happy that really happy to review. Um, they noted some stuff that we wanted them to see, um, like sort of locality of everything. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That's so yeah, great. it was a, it was a really nice review. Yeah, actually. yeah, probably best we've had cool. for, for a while. But yeah, again, big big effort by everyone. Like we always piss everyone off by changing stuff all the time in the front of the house and trying to tweak little things here and there and weird ingredients that everyone learns all fucking so much about. Um, so yeah, big big old effort from everyone. There um, really is so much more that goes into it. Oh, like yeah. in oh. our, like when yeah. when front of house, yeah, start and have to learn everything. Yeah, you just watch their minds fucking melt. Yeah, but they it put so much effort in to make our restaurants. Yeah, what they are for the customers. But like me, me and Tom spent last Monday looking at materials for new napkins, and then Tom sewed some napkins himself. Yeah, for some test runs. Jen's like, fucking, anyway. So it's just like little stuff like that. Like, like, yeah, tiny little things that we we all spend like a month, um, like researching and finding. They all add up though, that's the point. It's every, it's attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Um, Yeah, cool. Well, congrats guys, that's fucking sick. Um, Thanks, Steph. Both of you. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, wrap it up. There's a couple of little things that I want to either plug or talk about. Um, there will be a new Cold Coast mag coming out soon, summer edition. Uh, yeah, feature. So get around in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. you'll be in it. You'll see some of... Uh, Who knows what I said? I was, <laughs> really, I was really tired. I've been at work for a very long time. I... Um, <laughs> I wrote a little article for this one the other day that I submitted to about... um, They are, they're great. Shout out to Cold Coast. Um, But yeah, my article will be about Mm. uh, little sort of lesser known uh, ethnic cuisine found around the Illawarra. So I've done things like... Yeah, some yeah, yeah, the Burak shops. Shout out to John's cabbage roll. No one's getting fucking any of yeah, the Italian fun. patisseries, the Vietnamese bakeries, yeah, the, that's awesome. um, all these little hotspots. So check that out in the next one. Um, another thing also I want to plug is my radio show, which you can listen to on Tuesday nights on Vox FM from six till uh, from eight till ten. Bangers for two hours. Um, yeah, good bangers. Yeah. And bangers. I'm going to actually, like, one of the things that I did in Greece, I did some volunteer work on the island of Lesvos, which Ooh. is a refugee island there. So I will be doing some more interviews. I've already done a couple, but I'll be doing some more interviews with uh, some people that I met over there, whether they're people that run NGOs or refugees themselves or whatever, um, and playing them on the radio. So if you're interested in what I got up to over in Greece when it comes to that, uh, listen to the radio. You can follow me on Instagram, my personal Instagram, Steph Quicksand, and that contains all the links to the streaming, um, streaming my radio show and stuff. 
Also, keep keep an eye out for Shareplate magazine, which is coming out soon. It's first edition. So mm. Mitch, the guy that uh, runs it, is uh, a local. And he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. he's a great guy. Long, and, long time in the making. And the, the idea of the magazine is to, to shine a spotlight on food in uh, regional pockets of Australia. And this first issue is about the Illawarra. So I know they're covering you, Sam, you guys. Yeah, well, yeah we did some um, They did a little interview with me as well. Jimmy, do you know what else? Anything yeah, else? Really. You're, you, it's from memory, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a pretty... It's a, so each, each issue will be a different region. I think they do Mornington and mm-hmm. Cameron and things like that. So it's, it's quite a com- comprehensive yeah. uh, little magazine. So it looks really sick, looks really well done. Yeah. Um, should be out in the next week or so, I think. Next week, okay. Next yeah, week, cool. Yeah, it's so it's end of October, start of November, that is... Shareplate magazine will be coming out, and you can follow uh, Shareplate Mag on Instagram to find out when it's out and where you can get it. Yeah. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Android or wherever you listen to podcasts because that helps. It just helps um, us get some more visibility, which means that we get more listeners. Uh, and again, we've said this a million times, but give us feedback on what you. A want to hear about or B like if you want to be on be on the show and talk about something yeah. then do it because we want to be a part of the whole of Illawarra hospitality yeah. and and Sydney or wherever wherever you're from like you can phone me and I'll record an interview with you if you live far away if you're a farmer or a, if you run a market so whatever whatever you do whatever you want to talk about feel free to get in touch with us because we like hearing from you and yeah. the email address is info at quicksandfood.com Just come up with a subject whatever like, it is like that's the, that's Jim, why Jimmy's on the show yeah. today you said like last yeah, weekend it's like, they fucking like me <laughs> <laughs> like last weekend he's like I was like, I've got an idea for a podcast. I'm like, yep, yeah, cool, let's do it. Yep, done, perfect. So um, do that. Hands. You can follow, yeah, so my business. Oh, also, uh, I've got a new cookbook coming out that I've been talking about for ages. It's called Farm to Flame, uh, and it's recipes from Nicola Coccia up at Bistro Officina in Barrel. Um, it's looking pretty banging. We've got the first copy in front of us here. I'm not going to talk too much about it now because I'm either going to try to get Nico down to have a chat with us about it or... I'll sort of go into it in a little bit more depth once the book's available. So it's not available now, but it will be available as of about the 15th of November. Um, You'll be able to get it at all good bookshops around here or in the Highlands, um, and we'll put all the info on quicksandfood.com, the website. So, yeah, follow Quicksand Food on Instagram. My radio stuff, Steph Quicksand. Simon? Kavo underscore restaurant on Instagram. Simon Evans Kavo. Put some underscores in there, I think. Yep. Instagram. (laughs) Simon Evans on Facebook. Andy. Request me as a friend. I'll probably deny you. <laughs> Freak show. I don't know you. Uh, Chef Andy Burns at Babyface Kitchen at two underscore smoking barrels. Jimmy. Uh, at Jimmy undersc- underscore number two times. It's Instagram. at Jimmy underscore two times. Okay. Two, the, the number, the number two. two. Oh, okay. Not, not Jimmy two times. Jimmy two times. I've got to get the papers, get the papers. Can I also cool. just quickly do a really quick shout out to... Al Burnett, Bonnie McMahon, Jimmy Calloway, and beautiful Rory for giving me the best fucking time in Sydney last weekend. It was amazing. And also to shout out at Big Dogs Only. Bra, bra. What, are, <laughs> what about <laughs> the, <laughs> and the, and the Throsby? The Throsby's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at the Throsby. Got any events coming up? Uh, not really. We're, like After the asado, it's, we're just trying to focus on the food and cranking out heaps of rosé. We've got a fucking massive rosé list at the moment, so for all you, you know, 
keen rosé drinkers come in and get lit. We're there. Um, Wednesday to Sunday. We've extended our kitchen hours now, so we are open um, till 9.30 on Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, and Friday, Saturday, we're open till 10.30 for food, and you can still awesome. get cheese after 10.30, because I just like to be at work all the time and never see anyone. So come down and say hi, because I'm lonely. Inside and out. <laughs> Anything else, Andy? <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for joining us. Oh, See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.